Okay, welcome back to another episode of Mormon Expression. I'm your uh, your host, John Larson. And today is a very special day. Uh, one year ago today is when we started the podcast. So this is our anniversary show. And I've brought back most of the, the um, key players who helped start this podcast so we can... Uh, kind of do a little soul searching and a little uh, uh reflexive thinking um first of all um here at my side is the one and only zilpha hi zilpha hello oh uh i guess <laughs> i guess there's only one thing that i want to say to start out um i wasn't participating in the first few podcasts probably the first two um why, why don't we come back well you that. paused i thought you wanted me oh. to say something no i was just wondering what happened if i paused <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh we, we also have the uh, the one and only tom bringing it home from zion from the 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 uc yeah hey what's up guys and all the way from the um homeland from uh, norway we have uh nile hi nile hey guys it's great to be here and uh bring it in for the uh left coast or the the yeah the left, left. <laughs> when you look at a map <laughs> is uh, is the one and only George. Hi George. Hey everybody, good to be here. Now uh, it's actually been about fourteen months since um, we we first started working the podcast. It started when I posted um, out there on a couple of the boards a uh, call for participants, and um, you all answered. Um, and there's one other, of course, and that's the one and only Jim who couldn't be with us this afternoon. So that's how the podcast got started. It it was a, uh, it was born on the boards. Yeah, it was always interesting to to see how how the thing came to pass. I know there were uh, two or three other groups that tried to start um, podcasts, and I was part of a couple of smaller groups that uh, tried to get things going. But you were able to actually um, pull it off, get the get the right people, and uh, kind of get the drive around it. So it was it was really neat to see how it got formed and. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I never really knew for sure if it would work, um, and I think if I remember right, I insisted that we record three of them before we went live with them. But we did one or two, and I thought they were good enough, so I went ahead and posted them. But by that time, um, by that time, I'd already bought the uh, URL and set up the domain and done all that kind of stuff. So I thought, oh, what the hell? And I just went ahead and, and posted it. And uh, the first couple um, were all of us, just the uh, the panel. Now, Zilpha, you didn't come on for the first three or four, right? I think it was the first two. The um, the first one was about um, what was it? Why can't you leave the church alone after you? Is it, isn't that what the first one was? Uh, yeah, leaving the church but not leaving it alone. Yeah, I think so. And then I think the next one was um, the difference between the online Mormons or the yeah the Dr. Shades one yeah yeah Dr. Shades was our first our first guest on episode that was a fantastic one we need we ought to have him back he has been back at least hasn't he yeah I think yeah, so he's yeah feedback or something well, like the, that, the yeah. subject the subject though I mean oh the, yeah I remember the feedback one but I want to I want to deal with that subject again and also Chris yeah yeah, then we had Chris uh, Chris Smith not too long, uh, where we talked about the Book of Abraham. Those were our first three or four episodes. And then so, um, what the three things you missed about the church. I think that's the first one I did. Yeah. 
So Zilpha, did you originally plan on participating? Did John ask you to to come on, or did you just kind of tell well, him he, you were coming on? <laughs> no, he he asked me if I wanted to participate, and I wasn't sure because, um, you know, you guys all kind of knew each other from the boards. I had never really gone on the boards, so I felt like I might not have anything to say, or I might not, you know, I I didn't know if if it would really be up my alley. Um, and so he would tell me what, what the podcasts were going to be about. And then if I was interested, I would say, okay, that sounds good. I, I'd like to participate in that one. So that's kind of how it's gone. That, that sounds amazing, Zofa, because not knowing whether this was going to be up your alley or not, having now had you on for as many months, this is, this is so up your alley. <laughs> that, well, uh, I don't know about that, but it is fun. Well, it, the way it comes across, the way it comes across listening to you, it, it's a good fit. And so it's, uh, it's kind of amazing. It's one of those, those things that you didn't, you didn't even know that would come off. It, in my mind, it's come off really well. Thanks. Well, so yep. I, have a qu- I have a question for you, Zilpha. I mean, when John was originally telling you that he wanted to start this project, were you enamored with the idea? Were you like, yeah, John, you should do it. That should, that'd be great. No, well, honestly, I, I, I was skeptical that he would actually, um, go through with it because he has lots of good ideas and he doesn't always, um, finish them. So, you know, I, I just thought it'd be one of those that he started and, and wouldn't finish. Not, I Does mean, John have the ADD? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> and he only, mo- he only mows half the lawn then? <laughs> <laughs> I usually have to finish it for him. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I had my doubts that, that, that he would actually accomplish much with it. Um, and then when, he, you know, I saw him doing it and I saw how good he was at it and listened to you guys and it, it was interesting. So then I, I thought, well, he's really, he's really got something here. Now I, I haven't gone back and listened to any of the shows actually um after um i've edited them i i don't think i would like to i don't think i'd like to go back and listen to the first ones <laughs> yeah uh, yeah <laughs> do you I do you feel like do you feel like we've come that far then i, I, I guess as far as production quality I, well i, I I, it's, it's come some ways, I suppose. I mean, that far implies that we're, uh, that much better, but I, I don't know if that's the case. But, um, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I remember at first, um, how embarrassed both he and I were. I don't know how you guys felt by hearing our own voices at first. It was very, you know, I'd laugh because it, it was just kind of embarrassing hearing my own voice. Did you guys feel like that? Oh yeah, thoroughly embarrassing. I thought, I, and, and you always have that thought in your mind, like, well, I can't possibly sound like that. Not real life. <laughs> and then, and then, and then you're thinking, and other people are listening to this too. Yeah, that, that plays with you a little bit. Right. At, I did not. I did not have that problem. I couldn't. I couldn't get enough of hearing myself talk. <laughs> so, do you, so, so Niall, when you when you're on the podcast, do you also have a mirror that you stare into as well? I I always have a mirror with me. <laughs> I yeah, I always just keep a picture of Niall um up on the wall in front of me. I have a mirror, a picture of Niall. And so I just keep his uh 
his uh, face in my mind, and, and everything goes well after that. So, <laughs> oh, works for everybody. So, doesn't matter what you're doing. Yep. doesn't matter what you're trying to get done. My face helps everything. Remember to keep the candles lit. <laughs> I want a picture of your feet now that you've been running barefoot for a few months. <laughs> my feet are beautiful. You know, I, I um, you, you get over listening to your own voice pretty quick, especially, you know, I've done most of the editing, so I've had to listen to most of them. Um, that, so that's not an issue. Uh, the, the issue comes for me is listening to the things you shouldn't, you should have asked or you should have said a different way. You know, we, we still record these fairly spontaneously. There's not a whole lot of preparation that goes into most. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of do that purposefully to keep the, the conversation a little bit more, more lively and organic. Um, so, so, you know, it's, it's easy to criticize the podcast and rightfully so sometimes when we don't ask obvious questions that are follow ups. Um, but you know, it's, it's, you don't always think of that stuff in the moment. Yeah. The second guessing Monday morning quarterbacking is a constant thing that I deal with too. Yeah. I agree. So that's probably, that's probably the, the more difficult than just listening to your, your own voice. And then you got to get used to your own verbal crutches and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, none of us are professional broadcasters and I think that shows. Yeah. Now, Niall, um, speaking of, speaking of you, um, you have sort of come and gone. You've, you've disappeared from the podcast and resurfaced from time to time. So what's up with that? Well, when we, uh, when I signed up for the podcast, I was, uh, here in Norway. And uh, by the time we started recording actual episodes, I was in uh, back in Utah for uh, immigration paperwork kind of thing. And then, oh, in January or so, I came back to Norway. So the times that we were uh, recording went from, you know, nice little evening times, everybody's in bed, to being three in the morning. And uh, uh, I think it's just sort of been a lot harder for me to get on there and then when i'm on there it's a lot harder for me to be chipper <laughs> that's the first part uh, the second part is uh <clears throat> sometime uh, several months ago i was beginning to question my place on the podcast i i i, I listened to the feedback episode about uh and, and anyway you guys were talking about me you know and it turns out i didn't realize it but i was uh the resident uh, ex-mormon you know, the token ex-Mormon, angry ex-Mormon. <laughs> and I really, really didn't feel that way. I didn't feel that angry towards the church. Um, but, but you know, every, everybody on the panel was just convinced that, that that I was. And so I was really feeling, I don't know. Misunderstood. Disquiet. Well, what's, what, what am I bringing to the podcast? What's, what am I offering to the podcast? And is it, you know, if it's something so off-base as to what... I thought I was doing, it really made me reconsider uh, staying on the podcast. And I actually uh, was, I was actually really considering leaving. And I think I did write a letter to John, yeah. uh, essentially explaining this. Yeah, he and, did. And uh, he just, uh, you, know, you know, he really kind of talked me down from the, the ledge, as it were, letting me know that, you know, you know, the Lord doesn't cause, doesn't call us to run faster than we have strength. You know, I don't have to John be on every podcast, that? but I can be on the ones where I feel like I can uh, contribute. Um, that actually set it up for me so that I felt like, you know, yeah, we, we, we find these niches in life 
where we didn't really intend to find these niches. And if, if I'm the ex-Mormon, there's a lot of ex-Mormon people out there who are very angry and very uh, freshly wounded. And, you know, if I'm a voice for them or if I ask stupid, stupid, angry questions that, you know, we've all had to wait for so long to ask for, then, you know what, that's a good place to be. And, uh, you know, since then I've really mentally been trying to fill up, fill uh, that role. So when you wow. fir- when you first started on the podcast, you'd only been out of the church for like eight months or so, wasn't it? You were pretty it was, fresh. Uh, it was a it was a month or two at the oh, most. Yeah, from the time I got my from the time I got the answer letter back from when I resigned. So if, I mean, it, it was within three months, I think three four months. Because I've only now been out of the church for. Oof, 16, 17, 18 months, something like that. So you you were fresh, and and if I remember correctly, you were pretty angry at first at, uh, during that time. Uh, I actually don't think he was that angry. Um, well, he he seemed, I mean, he was he was more animated, um, and especially in the early podcast with Mike Nile and and Mike would would argue at it sometimes. Um. Uh, you know, I think you bring up a really good point, Niall, one that I want to sort of underline, and that, that's the, the, the role of stereotypes. Um, and it's something we're constantly battling against, um, these assumptive stereotypes that everybody likes to pigeonhole all sorts of Mormons into. And, and I, I think you're right you, that, that, um, we start taking you as the, you know, the sort of the voice of the ex-Mormon and then putting that on top of you. But in reality, everybody, every human being is more complicated than anti-Mormon, pro-Mormon, TBM, you know, New Order Mormon. All those labels are really hogwash. And and it's been a difficult thing in the perception of, of this podcast is people just try to pigeonhole us all the time. And, you know, I think we we try to uh, avoid that, but we even get involved in that ourselves. Yeah, you know, but but... I, I agree with that, but I think there is that, that voice still, that, that raw nerve that, that uh, sometimes I feel like the podcast is making a, a conscious decision to ignore, to try to increase our uh, validity to uh, the Mormons. And I, and I, I've, I felt that that was probably a mistake. I think you're right. I think the podcast tends to skew towards the Mormon view. And I think, there are probably a million jaws hitting the floor right now if they if they heard me say that we we give over deference to the church and the mainstream church position. Um, I think there's a lot of times that I have to bite my my lip, um, be, and I think part but of that's it is, the point is I don't. I mean, people sort of expect uh, Niall to forget his medication and go off on somebody. So that's good. You can bite your tongue and I'll say, I'll say really dumb things. I like the arrangement. <laughs> I've shared, I've said probably more dumb things than, than you have, Niall. So. Well, I think, I think, John, also you, over time you've become more, um, uh, you've allowed yourself to express your, your, your doubts and your, and your disaffection a little bit more as time has gone by. I think at first you were you were very careful. Well, about. to me that's not this that's not the venue. There's so many things out there for expressing the common um 
you know, post-Mormon arguments, the common arguments against the church. And some of them are so trite and so overdone that the last thing the world needs is just another voice for that. So... I'm all, I've always been more interested in exploring the ground between the two poles. Not that the two poles aren't there and the two poles aren't um, rhetorically strong, but what about all that stuff in the middle? Stomping, I think stomping around in the middle is fine, but you can't forget the other side of the pond. I think I think there's been a a, a place a voice for for um, both sides at varying times. Like maybe not each podcast has a a strong representation from from both sides, but I think overall it plays it plays pretty evenly. I wonder sometimes how how our listeners. This would be great feedback if we could get get some feedback from them on this directly. Is how do they expect us to in our voices and in our you know they do they expect Niall to to take a certain tack. They expect Tom to take a certain tack or me or uh, Mike, um, any of us. I know they're disappointed when that happens. Um, I remember back to the, to the podcast that Tom put together where we had the debate between Niall and I, and Niall and I switched roles and how that kind of threw people off because Niall was being the apologist and and then at the end when you know, after the thing was done, um, Niall showed it, you know, came out and said, oh, man, that was so tough. You know, that, that seemed to be back, you know, pigeonholed him. And it would be interesting to hear what our, what our listeners think of, of uh, whether they expect that from us or whether they expect us to kind of let the, let the um, guests speak and we're just facilitators. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. You also have to remember, you know, after watching a lot of the feedback and getting feedback myself, that the listeners are not a monolithic group. Um, there, there, there is this small but vocal contingency that really likes blood on the floor. They really like the, 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 when it gets scrappy. There's another, um, there's another contingency that likes, um, our, our more straightforward podcast. I can tell you that the, the podcast, <laughs> if you if you look at the comments on the board, like like if you go to Mormon Expression and look at the comments, and the the more controversial podcasts will get more comments, but oftentimes the less controversial ones will have more downloads. So so you can't judge the the necessary popularity of a particular um, podcast by how much people argue on the boards. And we tend to get the same group. Not that they're not. Um, a wonderful group that, that, that comments out there. It's just not as broad as the listenership. You know, for every one person commenting on the board, you know, we have another hundred that, that don't ever say anything. So my only point is that I think there's some that like the, the, the one type. There's others that like the other type. That brings, um, up, up another point. Um, we, we started out with just the, the first couple of podcasts were just the, 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 you know, the Jim, George, Niall, Tom and myself, um, Zilpha came on in, in episode four. So since then, we brought on some more panelists, and it's always been trying to bring new voices in. Of course, the um, the first one we brought in, and the most controversial one yet, is still Mike. Now, I don't want to. I'll get him beat. I'll get him beat one of these days. <laughs> I don't want to turn this into a, a, a Mike um, beating session, but I'll 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 kick off the discussion on Mike by saying I really like Mike. Mike is a sincere guy. Um, and I think 
every ward that I've ever been in, there are lots of mics in the, those wards. Um, Mike has no problem getting on and telling people who are, say, homosexuals that they are self-delusional and sinful. Um, I, I think the churches are, f- are full of people like that. But I think Mike sometimes talks about his own things, like his whole doctrine of names, that um, I wish he would stay more on the on the um, main Mormon focus. And this is something I've, you know, he and I have talked about. I'm not dropping any surprises him on the podcast here. Yeah, I just think that, uh, I guess it kind of goes back to that, that bonus episode that you'd released. But, uh, I, just to go back to that bonus episode, it talks about, uh, Mike and being a little authoritative. You know, I like that he has an opinion and I love the fact that he's willing to share it the way he shares it. Just sometimes it, you know, it, it might come across a little homophobic. It might come a little sexist. Um, that's a little worrisome. I just worry that, uh, I worry about his perception that he comes across, um, sometimes a little, I don't know, homophobic or sexist. Yeah, but isn't, I, isn't, I don't, isn't he? Isn't the church homophobic and sexist? Yeah, yeah that would be talk- my, my response. Or is that, like, like okay, well, John said, that, that's representative of the membership of the church. Well, yeah, but I guess the church, I guess the church does come across that way to a degree. But if you were to ask the church leadership, if, you know, do you got, does your church, is it homophobic at its core? And they'd say no. Well, of course they'd so, say well, that. Well, Mike, Mike is, Mike is what you get when you got clay and you put it through the chapel Mormon fire and he takes everything that's given to him and he doesn't, he doesn't reject based on what he wants. He internalizes everything. Mike is, I think, the living embodiment of the Mormon Church as it's taught. This is this is not the man who's tried to make it work in reality. This is the man who tried to make reality work for it. And so, well, yeah, it comes across really weird because the church, as as taught in Chapel Mormonism, and not when you've got the the suits being politicians. That's what it actually is, in my opinion. Well, I don't. I wouldn't say that he takes you know, a complete literal, he doesn't represent what the church is just because some of the things that he does believe in literally, a lot of Mormons don't, a lot of Mormons don't. So when my, when like John has said, Mike, I think your voice is a little right of center. That's pretty much the way I see it is yeah, he's yeah. not exactly right down the middle as far as Mormons go. I mean, he, he does have some ideas that even most normal TBM Mormons would be like, oh, Mike. Uh, yeah, the, know, the doctrine of names being the prime example there. But if you go into any ward in the United States, you're going to find plenty of people in that ward who are right of Mike. <laughs> um, you know, so, That's so, true. So, so he's a little right of center, but uh, you know, all the wards have people who are pretty far, even further than, than Mike. So, um, you know... Um, We've also brought on, um, since then, as appearing as kind of a, a panelist, um, Bridget, who, of course, is interesting in that uh, she's married to a Mormon, went to BYU, knows a lot about church history, but she's an evangelical. Um, yeah, she's not, she's not a Mormon. Wow. Not, not a Mormon at all. And then um, Glenn, who, uh, um, from, um, who's another sort of mamby-pamby liberal Mormon like the rest of you guys. <laughs> Mamby pamby, and you know uh, one thing I want to I want to mention spineless these spineless noms is I I get I've gotten several people actually who've reached out to me saying, hey, you know Mormons aren't like Mike, you know you can have a nice liberal view and and da da da, and I'd be happy to come on the podcast, 
And, and I, I enjoy talking to people like that, but there seems to be a, a wealth of them. You know, the, the finding conservative, like, um, chapel Mormons willing to come on a venue like this, it, it's hard to find people. And Mike does it so well. Uh, obviously he, he, um, it can be offensive in what he says, but he doesn't take any, he doesn't mean any offense by it. I don't know if you, if you guys agree with that, but he'll he say, he means it in, he means it in, you know, exactly the way the church teaches you to mean it in, in you know, loving concern. You're a freak, but I love you. Right. If he's, well, he, go ahead, he, he, I think he is trying to do it in a sincere, loving way. I agree with you. And, and when he says, you know, when he takes those homophobic kind of uh, approaches, I cringe because he doesn't understand, I guess he, maybe he doesn't understand that, you know, while he's trying to be sincere and trying to be loving, he's, he's actually taking, uh, quite a bit, or he's, he's, uh, hurting a lot of people's feelings. He's rubbing salt so, in their wounds. Yeah, 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 but yeah, so is the church. It's, it's, it, yeah, he, he does come across as a homophobic jerk, but I think that his intentions are good, so. But doesn't that happen? Doesn't the rubbing of the salt in their wounds? happen in a normal um, weekly or semi-annual basis for a lot of people who do have open wounds and then they, they try and listen to a general conference talk or they listen to a, a state president talk or something like well, that. How, how is that different? Only because in my, in my experience, um, you will find some church leaders that um, take more of a a homophobic approach, but then there's lots that, uh, you know, be like, well, I don't think Prop 8 was such a good thing. Um, I think that, uh, our homosexual brothers and sisters should, should be loved rather than discarded. So, you know, that, that view as, even though the church has taken a, a pretty strong stance against Prop 8 and all that stuff, there's still quite a bit of division inside the church believing membership. So it's hard to say. All right. In the um, in the year or so that we've done this, uh, what have been the biggest surprises for for you all? Anything? John Delenn coming back as a podcaster. Oh yeah. <laughs> Something completely unrelated with our podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he appeared. Um, let's see. We we had an interview with him that was just uh, about him, and we sort of caught up on where he was with this podcast. Now, he had Mormon stories, and I think he went on hiatus either in 06 or 07. It had been a couple years. And then he came on um, on the second discussion of the stages of faith, and then after that is when he relaunched uh, uh, Mormon stories. What what did you find surprising about that, George? I, I with as much of vigor as he left it and the reasons that he left it, and even some of the, the reasoning that he had when he came on and was interviewed by us, I, I guess I was, I heard the openness of coming back, but then the, the fact that he actually did it, and then um, the manner, and just some of those things, it just, I welcomed it, but I, I did not expect to, to see that dynamic enter in, and I don't know how much it affected it had on us. Um, I know there's been some impact between the two, but that, that was a surprise as a, as a podcasting group of people to have another voice in the community. Um, I was I was a little bit surprised. I wasn't flummoxed. I wasn't upset. I wasn't 
anything, but as a surprise, that that was one of the bigger ones that happened to me since I was just since we started up a year ago. I mean, there's others, but that was the one first one that came to my mind. Hey, John, can I say something offensive? Sure. That I know a lot of people are thinking, but everybody's just too polite to say it. The man's got a blazing ego. Well, I mean, he just can't stand to. He can't just cannot stand to not be uh, that forefront, that uh, that 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 voice, the voice of of, of open minded Mormonism. Well, I think there's a certain arrogance involved in any of us that would record our voices and then push it out there to but the But he's not us, though. <laughs> he's, he's old school. He's old news. He's, uh, he needs to move on with his life. And, you know, when we die and, and leave a rotting corpse for three years, then maybe the next people can call us arrogant when we copy them and try to get some of the limelight back. I, I think he provides a service that we don't provide or don't pretend to provide, and that's that... He is trying to help people stay in the church who are struggling with that. I don't give a rat's ass if people stay in the church or leave. And that's the key, the key difference, right? I want people to find their own happiness. I want people. Then what about the, uh, timing? Uh, uh, it, it probably just reminded him how much he, how much he enjoyed it when he did it. He probably just got kind of a hankering to do it again. And, and I've been absolutely clear that the fact that he did Mormon stories was an inspiration for me doing this one. So so if that was, if it was the fact that we started broadcasting these again that inspired him to go back to it, well, I mean, that's what inspired us to do ours in the first place because he had done Mormon stories. So I I, I mean, that, that, that that's, that's not necessarily a problem. I know that there's a lot of people who reach out to John DeLynn, and John DeLynn provides that sort of, safety net for people and, th- and that's that's the goal of mormon stories is to provide these other stories because the church squelches um the expression of differences you know you you, you really want to tow the party but why line. why if the church doesn't resemble even a shell of what it's been taught to be why i i just don't understand why you keep it because don't, he, don't leave the church. Whatever you do, don't leave the church. Don't leave the church. Don't leave the church. You don't have to leave the church. Okay, none of it's true. It's all made up. But don't leave the church. It's well, like he, he gets like, enough good out of it, and 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 hopes that other people do too. That it's worth hanging on to. That's his, I think. And and now you and I both you. know that leaving the church is very difficult, and the impact on your life. Yeah, but it's healthy. It's healthy. To, staying, to, staying, to leave the church. Staying, well, when when people when people throw these fits about people leaving the church and not leaving alone, the ex Mormons who 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 will complain about. It. What about the ones who leave the church in their mind and they never leave the church and it just sits in there like this uh, a splinter that turns all green and pussy. <laughs> I just don't think that's healthy. I, I don't think that's healthy. I think if you're in a relationship well, where you can't be yourself, that's not healthy. You've I, got to try to be healthy. I kind of agree with you there, but at the same time, they might not have much of another. Uh, uh, an, another choice. I mean, it, if it comes down to staying in the church and keeping their their marriage, and it, if it's that one splinter in their marriage that's festering, but but everything else it seems to be but that, okay. That's just to me, it blows my mind that somebody could just throw themselves on these spikes, these these like mental spikes, these emotional spikes, commit Harry Carey for something they don't even believe in. Well, I mean, because when, when you when you do that, when you cast everything aside, when you destroy your own self identity to save what your self identity. Uh, every situation is different. Every single person's in a different circumstance and different situation. And and I, and and I'm glad, Niall, that you were able to leave. And I'm and John Azilfa, you know, and just not everybody's situation 
can can accommodate that kind of um, thing. And maybe that's where John Delin was. I don't know. But well, yeah. That this is. But you're talking in terms of less than perfect. This you're in a less than perfect inform, uh, situation. So you're going to make the best of the th- of the thing. Would you ever get on and start a podcast about? Uh, holding up as an ideal this less of perfect thing. But but everything. My, my podcast less than is about perfect. saving your relationship. My podcast is about uh, destroying your identity a little bit more so that you can save your relationship. I feel like the the ideal should be the healthy thing to 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 leave it if you want to leave it, stay if you want to stay. Very true, but personally, I just don't want to be on a podcast talking about another podcast. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather talk about our podcast. <laughs> All right. Unless I be understood, less less I'm under misunderstood. I'm I want as many Mormon podcasts out there as we can get. Yep. That's just how I feel about that particular one. Yeah, that's fair. It's fair enough. I mean, um, poor John takes it from all sides because the mainstream LDS. Um, doesn't agree with what he's doing, nor, to, nor to the, um, you know, the, the ex-Mormons. Um, so, you know, he takes a lot of heat all the time. Uh, we don't, we don't take that much. We just get ignored. So, um, you know, <laughs> kudos to him for taking all that, all that mental abuse. Yeah. Um, so ha- has there been any sort of feedback or, um, responses that you guys have found disturbing or have made you, think or reflect on what what you're doing here well niall already mentioned his yeah uh, how his reflection wasn't what he thought it was i think it's interesting that uh you know each of us started this this podcast what i guess with the exception of you guys you john and zilpha um that we're still i guess all of us are still on some sort of spiritual journey um, unless you've, you know, you don't subscribe into that anymore. But I think it's interesting for me that, uh, my spiritual journey, you know, seemed like it, uh, I was, I was heading sort towards one way and then the podcast in, inadvertently or not is, is kind of, uh, through some, some weird, uh, turn, twists and turns into my journey. So I think, I think overall I enjoy it, but it, it has been interesting to see, that, uh, you know, some of the consequences of being on, I think that's kind of interesting. Do you want to elaborate at all? I mean, I know you don't want to get specific, but... <clears throat> um, my participation in, in the podcast has been been difficult. Um, and, and I know that I'm not really saying too much new as far as, you know, John and some of the other guys. But, you know, I've, I've thought about, I don't know, lessening, lessening my voice, um, lessening my participation because... You know, some of my uh, close friends or family have picked up on the podcast, and and sometimes what I say or what has been said is very troublesome or or bothering bothers them and their testimonies or whatever. So, you know, it it's it's kind of it's I don't know it's it's a fun discussion that we have, and I personally really thoroughly enjoy it, but. But it kind of sucks when you put the mic microphone down, and then you have to deal with your life. And then sometimes, uh, what you do on the podcast makes ripples into your real life. That. that so Tom, I've got a question. Tom, I've got a question for you on that. So, 
I think I, I've been pretty straight up since I start since we started that I go under a pseudonym. Um, George isn't my real name; it's actually my middle name. That's well, my middle name, but I don't come out my first name. And right. so I've kind of had that anonymity out there, and I'm thinking about you know going a little bit more public with with who I am. Do you wish now after a year? that you had uh, gone with more of the anonymity and used some other name? Um, well, I, it was kind of that way at first when I just went with the name Tom. Uh, and once I, I put my last name out there, Tom Perry, it it didn't really change much because a lot of my, like my wife or my some of my family or my friends um, would pick up you know, they'd be like, hey, so you, can you come hang out with this time? And I'd say, well, i got to do a recording or something like that. And they're like, what is that? And so they would pick it up, and, and, and then, of course, they'd follow me. And then, of course, months later, they'd be like, hey, so I listened to episode such and such. Uh, what what the hell was all that about? And, <laughs> I mean, I've, ne- I've never heard of it, you know, X, Y, and Z, or, or I didn't know you believe or didn't believe or blah, blah, blah. And it kind of makes ripples. Do I wish that I was anonymous? No, because you know I I admire what what John has done by putting his his name out there, and even even with John Delan or anybody that puts their their name out there, I mean it it empowers them. It it uh, it puts a person to the voice, um, and so I've I've always wanted to do that, and I guess I I, I kind of regret it, but I. I don't know. I like to I like to take a little bit of ownership in what I say. I guess. Yeah, that's good input for me. Thanks. I I'm still vacillating back and forth, and so that's that's good input. Thanks. You know, every so often you'll you'll hear somebody, usually from inside the church, say, "You know, why don't you guys just leave the church?" Or the you know the, from our first episode, why. Why do ex-Mormons leave the church but not leave it alone? If you grew up in the church and your family's in the church, it is impossible to disentangle yourself from the church. Absolutely impossible. You can't do it. The only way you could do it is to completely abandon everybody you know and love, abandon your, your whole history, and go to, like, Panama and try to start over completely. Otherwise, it can't be done. So... So I, I think you bring up a really good point, but what you're, what we're really doing with the podcast is we're just amplifying that normal situation that, that, that New Order Mormons or ex-Mormons run into all the time, which is once you leave the main rails of Mormonism, you're forever going to be clashing with, with Mormons around you. Um, I've been through some job interviews and, you know, my resume has on there that it's, I went to Brigham Young University. Luckily, it's been enough years now that I don't, the gap on permission doesn't show up anymore. But you never know how to react to that. You never know because you hear, oh, BYU. And there could be a million things going through their mind, but you, you, you just, you can't, you can't react to it. You can't assume anything. So it just, everything about that church relationship impacts so many aspects of our lives and we just can't get, get away from that. That's one of the reasons some ex-Mormons stay so angry. I know some of the most angry ex-Mormons I know um, in their personal lives. They might be married to somebody who's a very true believer or their parents or, or mission presidents or something, and it's how they're expressing that emotional distress they have over the, the leaving and the and that 
ongoing cognitive dissonance that even they c carry because of their maybe more like an emotional dissonance we should say because they can't they they can't get away from it and so it it keeps bringing up emotional turmoil and even if they could get away from it it's still a, for most of us a huge part of our lives we often as went to school went to institute served missions were married under the auspice of the church even if you were to leave it and go find a completely new family that's still huge pieces of your life that are that are tangled with the church i don't mean to imply that in in necessarily a bad way it's just it's going to affect everything we do that you can come on this little meaningless podcast and say things about the church and unfortunately have friendships impacted that should have been years old and stronger than this and and that's that's an unfortunate side effect well and and some of us i'm speaking of, of me personally i don't necessarily want to leave the church i went through a period where i did want to leave and i seriously considered leaving but i i no longer i'm no longer in that place i, I i'm i'm finding myself getting more and more comfortable with my place in the church. At times I don't. I'll admit that. There's a lot of times when I when I want to throw up the bird and say F y'all and leave. But there are a lot of times when when I'm I'm I find myself happy and you know with, with my place in the church. So you know it's not it's not that I wanna you know I feel like I'm I'm trapped. Sometimes I do feel that way. But other times I enjoy it because as as I find out as I sit down and and I'm talking to several members of my ward or, or other friends that are members of the church. My opinions um, actually line up more like 80 to 90 percent when I talk to them one on one, and when I tell them some of my, you know, my personal opinions, they actually agree. I mean, obviously Mike is the exception, but but uh, in my in in my little circle, um, my views aren't that crazy. You know, Tom, I, I agree with you, and I I'm saying that. I'm becoming more and more comfortable with my Mormon identity. Um, also, I, I, not coming any closer to believing that the church is true. I've, I basically rejected all sort of metaphysical, you know, um, mystic sort of beliefs. I don't, I don't believe in any of that stuff, which of course, that's what kills Mormonism for me. But, but I'm, I'm comfortable with my Mormon identity and with my Mormon heritage. I wish I had better relationships with my local ward and, and I, I wish I could engage the church in a more productive and healthy way than oftentimes I do. So I understand completely where you're coming from. I've never felt like I needed to resign the church, nor have I ever wanted to. Um, because I'm thoroughly a, a Mormon and that's something the church can't take away from me. Um, uh, John, if you resign, you're still Mormon. <laughs> that's, that's probably true. Um, but you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to. I don't, I don't have any, any desire to. Um, so I, I understand where you're coming from, Tom. And I've said this before, but if this was like, if the program we record, if we were Catholics, this would probably be aired on Catholic radio. It's it, unfortunately in Mormon culture that we tend to be a little polemic, um, and people see this as an anti-broadcast. But I think in most Protestant religions, even Catholic religions, uh, this kind of stuff that you're saying, Tom, would be embraced and not shunned. And it's unfortunate that it happens. Yeah, in lots of different religious communities as well. I just think that for me, being on this podcast, why 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 I cherish it so much is because I meet people who I would have never met um, being encompassed in the church, uh, still in that mode of avoid anything that doesn't you know come out of Deseret Book kind of thing. I think it's it's a shame, and I and I really do feel this way. It's a shame that the church members don't 
um, I don't know, embrace those that have either left the church or thinking about leaving the church or don't want anything to do with the church because they're, you know, it's like with John and I, all you guys and everybody else that I've I emailed with and stuff like that. These, these are people that, that are extremely intelligent and brilliant and have a lot to add and very wise. And, and a lot of them are even spiritual and can help you on your journey. It's just a shame that you would have never met these people you know, if, if you would have stuck, you know, stayed in that mindset where I'm not going to talk to them because they're an ex-Mormon or they're going to destroy my testimony. It's, it's so much better to just embrace, you know, that one thing that we all have in common, the, the Mormon faith and, and we can all just grow from each other and, and talk about experiences and stuff like that. And it, it's just too bad that too many closed-minded people on both sides, ex-Mormon and, and the TVMs that if we can just kind of break those barriers and I think that would be better for all of us, I think. Oh, Tom, I know that things that you say are true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 think- I, I agree with you. I, I think that that's been one of the biggest reasons for me to, to stick around is, is just the weekly or every other week ability to get together and really bring up some issues and some topics and just share experiences. You know, a lot of times I don't have a lot to, to contribute or say, even though I try. Um, it's just the listening and it's the participating and it's the trying to contribute and feel like there's a um, a group of people all going to a common goal, which is, is to just try and keep the, the dialogue going so that someday groups like this and podcasts like this would be aired and welcomed on Mormon Radio or whatever it's called. I mean, I think the day of that may be coming. Um, it's a long way, probably not in our lifetimes, but to, to be part of the, the genesis of the start of that and the, the dialogue that, that maintains and continues is just fascinating. I think it's a blast. That's what keeps me on it. Can I go um, to your question about the feedback? Um We've gotten a few um, feedback messages. John shared one recently from someone who who um, claims that our, our podcast has maybe saved his marriage. Um, and there have been others who have claimed similar things. And uh, I think, I think um, that's been interesting to see how our podcast actually affects people's lives and their decision-making and and um, and hopefully helps them in those things by giving them different points of view and different ways of looking at things and ways of coping with their with their um, their dissonance and I agree that's probably one of the biggest things I mean there there are two different topics that we seem to to go into fairly regular we go into either a subject matter like a a historical event or a doctrine or a policy or something like that. So that, that's one aspect. And I think there are a lot of, a lot of our viewers and a lot of our listeners like to, to hear those types of things. But then there's the personal stories, either of a couple, um, or of a family or of an individual. And I think every time we do something like that, we have the potential to influence somebody's life. And, uh, I, those are, awesome stories to hear when we get that kind of feedback. I love those. Yeah, uh, 
I, I do get a, a letter like that about every couple weeks. Um, and I, I don't think I've ever gotten a letter that says, you know, this podcast has ruined my life. I was happy before I discovered you and now everything's over. But I have gotten several that have said things like, you know, I'm, str- I'm struggling. I felt so alone. But, you know, this has given me something to, to cling to. This gave me hope. If you like the one Zilpha just referred to, this might have saved my marriage because I was about to go, you know, announce that I, I can't cope with the church anymore, blah, 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 but now I can. To me, if there's any service I want to provide, I think I've mentioned this before, but when, when I was struggling, um, as a, as a member, I felt so lost in the woods. I felt so alone. I felt there was nobody, um, I could talk to. Even though we had each other. Well, when we talked, but even then, we were increasingly um, cut off emotionally from the the ward and our family, because if you bring up a lot of these concerns, there's just there's nothing nobody can talk to, and so much of what's out there on the internet is very caustic and very hard to stomach. Um, Either that or very fluffy. <laughs> yeah. So so you know, hopefully, if there's any service we provide, it's that. Sort of, there's something, there's something else out there. There's other people who are like you. Yeah. I, and in going to that, um, for me, being in the podcast, one of the most difficult things that I had to go through was making myself more vulnerable. Um, and, and I know, John, you know this, that when, cause I think it was my interview was the first one that you started with the panelists where you did a personal interview. And that, that was a difficult thing for me to, to want to, to do that. My wife even told me that, like, I don't know if that's such a good idea, you know, make, making yourself that vulnerable. Cause I knew that if I was going to do it, I wanted to, you know, actually open myself up and, and, uh, be genuine. And that, that to me, uh, makes all the difference, at least as a listener. Like when I listened to your interview, Zilpha, mm-hmm. you know, it, t- it, I imagine it takes a lot to to open yourself up like that. But for a listener like me, you know, I genuinely appreciated that because you want to hear those those personal stories. And and me and John were talking that uh, that the Zilpha interview actually caused one of our guests to think about not coming on the show. And uh, they said, well, there's this interview with Zilpha leaving the church and stuff like that. And both me and John are like, well, you should listen to it because it's actually not anti at all. It's just, it's just her opening herself up. And I think that to me, um, it's, it was, it's been one of the most touching things about the podcast, the personal interviews that we've all had, but it's also been one of the most difficult <laughs> for mm-hmm. me anyway. Yeah, I, I agree. All right. Um, any other last minute thoughts? We've kind of had a, a, a good discussion here. I, I hope that, uh, it hasn't been too self-indulgent. Uh, yeah, I, I could interject something real quick. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, even though I hadn't uh, really considered this a possibility when I started to participate, um, I've been very pleased with, uh, the, the people I've been able to, to, to become acquainted with. Uh, isn't that sort of strange about life that, that's usually what makes you happy is the people around you and the new people that you meet and the relationships and, and all these kinds of things. You know, I didn't even really give that much of a thought. Um, I think it was several months ago when I found out there was a, uh, one of our listeners who lived over here in Norway as well. 
and uh, I was actually able to meet him and uh, and eat kebabs with him. You know, <laughs> shout out to Rich. And uh, you know, we just keep sort of keep keep tabs on each other. And you know, believe it or not, um, it's really really nice to have a friend that's also not related to the podcast that came through the podcast. And you know, there's been several others like that, but it's just it's really you know, frankly, unexpected for me that, uh, that, uh, like you said before, the, the service is sort of providing perhaps an outlet, uh, camaraderie or something like that. And it's there, you know, it, it's come, it comes through. Yeah. Um, Zilf and I have stayed since we lived in Utah, sort of involved in the post Mormon community. And it's not so much anymore has anything to do with converting people or whatever, but, you know, Mormons are my family, and ex-Mormons are my family too. And the same social safety net that people talk about in the church, the people help willing to help, willing to help them move or spend time together or just, you know, be a friendly ear is provided for by that, that family that, that we all are, be they people who've left the church or not. And, um, I think that's just reflected in the, in the podcast. I think Mormons are good people. Uh, whether or not they think Mormonism is true or they think that the church is a fraud, whatever the, you know, they're, they're, they're good people. Um, and, uh, that leads us to a, another good one. Uh, so who's coming out, which, which of you guys are coming out, uh, to the, uh, to the reception in Utah in August? Zilf and I oh, will be know, there. Yeah, you know, I'll be there. I think, uh, Jim's going to try to make it out and I think so is Bridget. Um, and so, Mike, don't forget. Oh Mike. yeah. And Mike will be there. Um, but and gl- be- what about Glenn? Oh, Glenn, Glenn said he's Glenn said he's going to try to be there. Yeah. Glenn's going to try to be there also. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a hard thing to get out to, but the the reception's not about the podcast at all. It's about being able to meet other people who've been in the same sort of position you have. Um, and to anybody listening out there, I mean, don't let the five dollar ticket price get in the way of of coming if that's if that's what it's going to be. Um, but you do need to reserve your ticket because uh, uh, we have to let the caterer know how many people are going to be there. all right guys it's been another another fun talk i'm like uh has been expressed i think my life has been uh, significantly enriched by my interaction with all of you and with all the people out there who uh, i've been able to uh to communicate with who listen to the podcast and hopefully we've provided some value somewhere in somebody's life yeah even if it's entertainment right make some people laugh out there that'd be good too amen (laughs) all right well as always, you can reach um, us at uh, on the website at mormonexpression.com. Um, you can send us an email at mail at mormonexpression.com, or you can uh, call us. The number is 801-906-6722.